Welcome to the Beauty and the Vlog Podcast. I'm your host, Erica Vieira. Join me as I interview YouTube superstars in the worlds of beauty, fashion, fitness, and lifestyle. I go in depth with your favorite video vloggers and discuss their journeys to success and the struggles they encountered along the way. We go behind the scenes of the world of vlogging and talk about what works and what doesn't and what it takes to be a YouTube superstar. So sit back and prepare to learn, have fun, and be inspired. Let's go. Well, hello, beauties, and welcome to another interview for you guys. I am your host, Erica Vieira, and I am super excited for my guest today. I'm doing something a little bit different. You're used to seeing and hearing YouTubers being interviewed and asking questions, but this year, 2016, I've been doing things a little bit differently, if you haven't noticed, and I'm going to start bringing on people that aren't just YouTubers, but people that are in the YouTube industry industry and so i'm super excited to have mindy here with me who is a pr representative of a well mindy you can tell me exactly what your title is but she's a a pr social media manager of a makeup brand and we're going to talk all about working with makeup brands getting to know makeup brands and all the ins and outs of youtube and makeup because they both go hand in hand so mindy thank you for being here. My pleasure, Erica. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So let's just get started with saying like, what is it exactly that you do? What are your responsibilities and kind of what's your day to day like? For sure. So, um, as you know, as you mentioned, I worked, um, I do PR for a major makeup brand. Um, and I've been working in the beauty business for about seven years now. Um, and throughout my entire career, I've worked in PR. So, Really, P, you know, PR, public relations is really making sure that you're bringing the brand to the forefront, um, whether it's, you know, in the media. So, you know, in years past, it was very much focused on um, on print magazines, newspapers, mm-hmm. broadcast. Um, and then, of course, the rise of blogs. So the rise of the digital era, um, you know, had me navigating into um, all of like the online sites, the you know, the beauty blogs and all of that. And then now, um, you know, with the rise of um, social media, so you have YouTubers and Instagrammers, and now people are doing things on Snapchat. Now it's another medium for us as a PR department to reach out to these guys who are able to give us, um, you know, great brand exposure, which is really exciting. Um, And I think it's just, you know, kind of, it's an added layer to um, what we have to do, but it's really exciting because we get to talk to a lot of people who are just truly passionate about beauty. At what point did you see things like shifting? Because it sounds like, like you said, it started off with like more magazines and things like that. And mm-hmm. now you're kind of and then like blogs. And now it's like this whole like social media thing. I think really with social media, it started to happen. It started to happen a lot last year. I would say even the beginning of last year, it was kind of, you know, brands were starting to take notice and realize Mm -hmm. that this was kind of the next frontier. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, there are some brands who have already dabbled in that area and, you know, they had an advantage and kind of got a strong foothold in that, um, in that area. But I think really it was probably last summer when people were like, oh gosh, this is, this is where, this is where the business is going. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Like it's what's all people are talking about. Uh, People were seeing that whatever, 
you know, people on, um, online, whether you're a YouTuber or you're, um, an Instagrammer. And if you have a pretty decent following, um, a lot of the times we can see that translate into sales directly, which is a huge impact on a business because, mm-hmm. um, you know, to see that instantaneous results is, um, is, you know, it was something you'd never seen before. Um, and you saw that with beauty blogs beforehand, but I think just the power of social media and how fast things move these days, it's just, I completely changed the ball game. So it's fairly recent. And I keep thinking to myself, what is the next, what is going to be the next thing? Um, because I remember thinking about this five years ago when beauty blogs were a huge thing and mm-hmm. everyone wanted to be a blogger. Everyone wanted to have their own site and, you know, we were in we were inundated with uh, requests from these girls, and now it's it's changed. It's all social. So I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what is going to be the next thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just it's just so crazy how the entire industry has changed. I mean, yeah. what is your title exactly? Uh, I'm a PR manager. So PR manager. Okay. Yes. So then, what exactly are your responsibilities? So really, it's. Um, it's interesting. Um, I've now working in the past, I've worked for agencies. Um, and really at the, you know, I would juggle six or seven accounts at the time. So I'll be working on, you know, seven different beauty brands all at the same time, which was nuts. Um, that's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy, but it was exciting. Excuse me. Um, so now, um, going inside and working for a brand, we're really focused on, you know, making sure overall as a company, we're meeting our goals, whether it's sales goals, whether it's, um, you know, making sure that the brand is elevated at a certain point that's, you know, dictated by the higher ups. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we kind of work cross-functionally with all of our other departments. So there's, you know, your marketing people and, um, you know, your creative people and um, your sales people and your field people and all of that. We kind of all work together to kind of meet that one common goal. So from the PR side, really, our goals are to just make sure that we're getting as much exposure about the brand as possible, whether it's through new product launches or, you know, um, the brand itself, any sort of brand story, brand heritage, anything like that. We're making sure that we're always trying to, you know, convey that to the press or Mm -hmm. to, you know, anyone that we want to be having a conversation with. So I guess in a nutshell, that's what I do, Um, you know, so there's you know, that part of the, of my job. And then of course, within, um, within the company, then it's really trying to take whatever results that we get and measure it and see how we performed. Mm. Um, so it's, you know, we can, you know, we have a new product launch and, you know, we want to make sure that it's getting as much buzz as possible. And we'll try to build that buzz, you know, up until it actually launches in stores. Um, so we'll do it through different ways. We'll do, We'll make sure we, you know, all of our our people, like our people who are fans, like are getting. Um, and when I say fans, I mean like people that are, um, you know, giving us exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're getting the product in the hands before um, they actually go on sale, so they have time to review it and talk about it and share it with their followers. Like the influencers, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that also goes with like just regular media as well. Um, you know, and sometimes we'll do a big event if the, if the product launch is really important to the brand, we'll do some sort of special event, um, to celebrate that launch and, Mm -hmm. you know, and then, you know, which is also just a great time because we're really able to get FaceTime with, um, you know, some of the, some of the people that we want to be talking to. Mm, Okay. So then, so it sounds like what you do, basically you're 
you do PR. So yes, essentially, you your responsibility is to make sure that you know different types of people, whether it's influencers. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming still magazines. Do you yeah, still, still magazines. Okay. Still, yeah, it's still it's still important. I think it's mm-hmm. it's something that's not going to go away. It's yeah. still you know you're still you have still something like allure that still carries a yeah. lot of weight and a lot of people whenever allure does their best of beauty um that still carries a lot of weight and i think people um even in this time um when the you know the landscape is shifting people are still going to look at allure and be like okay if they're saying this is the best lipstick on the market or yeah. this is the best mascara people will go into sephora and they'll buy it and a lot of the times brands will you know um, show the seal on their packaging or anything mm-hmm. like that. Best so, beauty. yeah. So I think um, there's still some power in magazines, um, but I think really now it's like the voice is being shifted to online, to, to social. Yeah. And so, exactly how do you work with influencers? So we work with influencers um, really. Uh, it right now it's I my for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to be building relationships with the influencers that I see is talking about the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I'm on their channel and I see um, that they're really passionate about the products that they're using and, um, you know, the things that they talk about, I those are the people that I want to make a connection with because obviously they have an emotional connection to the brand. That's incredibly important to us. And we want to mm-hmm. make sure that we're supporting them and what they're doing because they're supporting us. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of the time, you know, I make sure that I'm identifying these influencers on a daily basis. Um, we have um, kind of like a, um, a set group of people that we know are our peeps mm-hmm. um, and, you know, who always talk about us um, and, you know, without fail, we'll always showcase like what a new product launch or anything like that. Mm. Um, so we make sure that they get the products in their hands for sure. Um And then really it's just, you know, a lot of the times I just, you know, I always want to check in with them and I always ask them, you know, tell me about the product, like what's going on? Mm -hmm. How do you like it? Um, Is there anything you don't like about it? Um, Because I genuinely am interested in their feedback because not only does that help me, um, but it also helps if I share that intel with um, our marketing and our sales team because then they can kind of go back and take that feedback and share it with uh, the higher ups. Yeah, so in, in essence, not only are they sharing about the product, but they're mm-hmm. also almost like product testers in a way. I mean, yeah, they're, they're able to provide the feedback that you guys need. Like they're like the real world people in essence that are using this product and can say, "Hey, this is yay or nay." Or for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. And um, you know, I think because the weight of their word is so powerful, you can see that in their followings. You can see the people. You can see the comments. You know, they're all their followers and how they engage with them. Um, so you can see that the power of their word carries a lot of weight. Yeah. So, you know, that's something we also take into consideration. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, we really, there, there's a lot of great people out there and I see, you know, I see a lot of um, emerging people coming, coming about too. And um, it's, it's interesting. I, I, every day I see like a new, I feel like I discover new, um, you know, YouTuber or mm-hmm. I, I see a new Instagrammer and I, I see what they're doing and it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's so many of them. There's so many. So how many of your like people would you say you have? How many influencers do you guys work with? You know, it, it ranges. I mean, it really, I would say we have a, a few hundred, mm-hmm. um, but I think also at the same time, we, we do want to be selective because, mm. 
you know, we are a prestige brand and um, we want to make sure that, you know, we're not just sending it out wide to all to everyone because it might cheapen the brand. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we are pretty selective. um, But at the time, at the same time, it's, it's not all about your following. It's about the content that you create too. I think the substance of the content that's um, put out by, by someone, if you have, you know, if you have a few thousand followers, but I can see that your content is very curated, it's executed really well. Um, and then on top of that, I see that you're an avid supporter of the brand, you're going to get my attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I will consider, you know, I'll send you products. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's not all about numbers um, and subscribers and followers um, at all. So, yeah, how can, because, th- yeah, as you know, this show is really all about, you know, becoming a YouTuber, mm-hmm. being a YouTuber. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of people that are already established that listen mm-hmm. to the show. And mm-hmm. I have a lot of people that are kind of wannabes that are just new and they're learning about it. And I have people yeah. that are somewhere in the middle that maybe they've been ch- ch- chugging along for a few years and they're not mm-hmm. huge, but they've got mm-hmm. a nice small little following. Mm-hmm. How can, I think like the number one question for a lot of people is how can someone get, you know, your attention? Like how can somebody out there who's, putting out content and maybe doesn't have that crazy following, like how can they get your attention where you're like, Hey, I want to work with this person. I think a lot of it just has to do with, um, well, there's a few things. Um, one of the things obviously, you know, in makeup, I, I look for skill. Um, and you know, there's a lot of very talented people out there, Mm -hmm. but, um, there's something to be said about someone who actually has, you know, really hones in on technique and skill mm-hmm. and and does a good way of of conveying that to their audience. That's one of the things that I really look out for. Yeah. Um, and because it's hard to translate, especially to like, you know, the everyday person or someone who may not be well versed in makeup. Mm-hmm. But having someone being able to translate that um, into everyday terms is, um, I think, really impressive. Oh, I see what you're saying. So it's like, yeah, it's like an eloquence when it comes to kind of having the, the, the craft and the talent of makeup, but being yeah. able to be relatable to, to all exactly. people. And, and that, you know, and you bring up a great word relatable. I mm-hmm. think that brings me to my next point is just the relatability. When you're watching someone and you feel some, a genuine connection with, you know, the person that you're watching, mm-hmm. um, which is why a lot of people follow, you know, some of these people, they, they watch their video and there's some sort of emotional impact that they feel when they're watching it. And that's how people get followers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think really people, it's about maintaining, you know, be, being genuine um, and being yourself. That's super important too, is because a lot of people, you know, subconsciously tend to fall into kind of like an act. They feel like they have to follow in order to be successful. But I think the most successful people are the ones who are just like, they conv- they they showcase their true personality and that's what people really kind of relate to. And I think that's incredibly important. Yeah. Being raw. Exactly. Exactly. And I think, and I think this, that's precisely why social has become so, so powerful and, you know, so strong as it is today, because that raw aspect is, is something that I think society has not really embraced until recent years. Um, you know, a lot of these girls who, you know, started YouTube channels, like they mentioned that they've been bullied and, you know, they've had, you know, just issues growing up and a lot, and YouTube was a way for them to come and it was an outlet for them. Um, and because they're so raw, I mean, it just, it created a ripple effect in their viewers. And 
I think it gave a lot of hope. And I, and going back to my point about just the emotional connection and, mm-hmm. you know, that's why it's blown up so much. Yeah. Oh, totally. And it's like one thing where, you know, before make a brand like yourself might be, would have been really focusing on which celebrities are wearing the makeup. Now it's mm-hmm. translated more to, okay, which kind of girl next to a social media girl or makeup yeah. artist is doing it. And more so because like you said, like, you know, it's great celebrities, but like they're, I mean, yeah, they're real people, but it's not like the same relatability as someone on YouTube, like, I don't know, like a Jaclyn Hill or exactly. someone, like someone that's kind of, you know, blown up, but is still filming in her house. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, like, you know, with celebrities, everything's kind of calculated. They have publicists, they have agents, they have people mm-hmm. who true. kind of protect them. They're managed. And yes, exactly. They're managed. They, uh, you know, they have people tell them what they're supposed to say and what they're supposed to do. Um, but with these guys, you know, it just, they happen to just kind of build their following and, and then all of a sudden here they are, they, Mm -hmm. uh, they've um, over a million subscribers and they have this vast fan base and, you know, but I think the reason why, yeah, the reason why people like them so much is because they just, they've stayed true to themselves. A lot of them, you know, never changed from who they were when they first started. Um, which is why you see people like, you know, at, um, you know, different meet and greets for these, these bloggers, you see lines wrapped around, you know, the aisles to meet them. People are go, they're just like celebrities. That's the fun. That's a, that's a cool part. This was crazy. I know they're like the regular people that just kind of blew up in this brand new, like social media world. So are you actively looking for new social media people to collaborate with or, you know, to give product to, or is it just, you have, we always are. Okay. You always are. Yeah. We always, we always Mm -hmm. are. Um, I think it's only going to grow. Um, but I think it's also, you know, we're very tactical and you know, who we choose. It's Mm not, it's not just being like, Oh, you're a beauty vlogger. And, you know, everything looks cool and we're just going to send you a product. It's really more of like, you know, does this person kind of share the same values as our brand? Mm -hmm. And, you know, does this person have the potential where we can build a good, you know, strong working relationship? Um, You know, there's a lot, you know, we do our research and we want to make sure that, you know, we're not reaching out to people who are not necessarily, you know, um, irrelevant because, you know, there's, you know, I, there's some people who may have like, you know, more of a focus. I, I've seen some like vegan vloggers out there yeah, and such, yeah. you know, and, you know, I, I can't say that necessarily the brand that I work for is all cruelty free. So, you know, I don't want to ruffle any feathers reaching out to them being like, you have a great following, but wait, a, but wait a minute, I didn't do a deep enough research, yeah. you know, knowing that you only write about vegan products and, you know, you still want to cause that either. So we have to be conscious of the content and making sure that we're all aligned on the same page mm-hmm. um, to make sure there's no conflict down the road. Do you usually work with people that you reach out to and you kind of handpicked or have you ever been, you know, sent emails and people kind of try to introduce themselves to you and then you find them that way? People have, I mean, both ways. Um, You know, there's, we've reached out to people on our own. People reach out to us a lot, um, which we're, you know, we're happy to always, we always vet and we're happy to kind of get in touch with them. And, um, you know, I, I always appreciate an email from someone because it's, especially when it's directed towards me because it means they sought me out mm-hmm. um, and they, they did their research. So, you know, it's only fair for me to give them the time and make sure that I'm looking at their channel, um, you know. And unfortunately, like, you know, we can't fulfill requests all the time. Yeah. But I always encourage people to stay in touch with me because, um, you know, some people are just starting out and, you know, maybe their following will grow. And I'm always happy to, you know, to give advice and, 
um, give direction and help them out. Um, you know, and, you know, sometimes I'll, you know, give a product or two, Mm -hmm. um, but, um, just at least start the conversation. But, you know, we never, you never really want to dismiss anyone, um, you know, regardless of what their follow is. You just Mm -hmm. do a little bit of research. And sometimes, you know, if you feel like they have great potential, throw them a bone. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and so then let me think, what was I going to ask you? Is there, okay. So when you say that when you're looking for, or you're looking at videos or Mm -hmm. are you mainly looking at YouTube and Instagram or what kind of social media platforms are you looking at? We right now it's primarily those two platforms. Mm -hmm. Um, those are the ones are kind of like the big drivers, um, for the brand just in terms of exposure, um, being able to track, um, how people respond, um, to, you know, those videos and those, and those posts, um, Mm -hmm. especially for YouTube, um, we're able to kind of see when sales spike on a certain product, depending on who talks about it. Like if there's, which is really interesting, you Mm -hmm. know, if there's someone with a, a substantially large following, um, mentions a product, um, and, this is more evident for some, like a product that maybe has just been in existence for a long time from the brand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes our e-commerce department would be like, wait a minute, why, like all of a sudden this, this product is just being sold like hotcakes in the past 48 hours. And, mm, you're like, who, you know, who, who, who talked about it? Who yeah. talked about it? Yeah. yeah. And which is really interesting because, um, you know, like with print magazines, you know, you, you work on a story a few months in advance with the editor, um, you know, they work on like a four month lead time. So the, the amount of time it takes for something to come to fruition with a print magazine and then actually see sales results, yeah, like it takes, isn't, it takes forever, you know, mm-hmm. when, once the magazine hits newsstands and then it really takes a month before you can actually see some sort of result. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's the instantaneous results of social has just completely changed the business. Um, but it's really cool, and we all kind of geek out about it. Yeah, it, it is. It, that's it's crazy. It's like instantaneous. Um, it's yeah. And so, what do you find better, Instagram or YouTube? I, you know, it's it's hard. Um, it depends on what I guess the person is trying to convey. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually a big fan of kind of like those rapid um, Instagram 15 second videos, videos yeah. on like a technique. I mm-hmm. think those are really cool because. Um, it's digestible content. Um, and also it's, you know, maybe someone's like, Oh, how do I focus on like highlighting, um, certain parts of my face? Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, someone will just kind of do a rapid 15 second video, which is, I mean, I, I feel like as time goes on, um, people's attention span tends to get smaller and smaller and smaller. I'm one of them. I sadly, I hate to admit I am one of them. Um, but that being said, there's a lot more meat from like a YouTube video, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I think you can go, like there's more influence that is generated from it. You think? Yeah. And I think because it's a lot of the times people are able to really talk at great lengths about the product that they're, you know, featuring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and, and the great thing with YouTube is, is that there's really no time cap. If someone wants to talk about something for 15 minutes, they can talk about it for 15 minutes. Mm. Um, really there's no rules or anything. It's up to, it's kind of free reign for whoever's posting the video. Mm -hmm. Um, so, which is really interesting. So I think both, both are just very powerful in different ways. And I think it just depends on what you're trying to convey to your audience. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think that there's some people that just do Instagram, and there's you know some people that just do just do YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, I you think for people who, uh, yeah, and I think for people who really who are interested in technique and learning how to do something, then that's what YouTube is for. Mm-hmm. And then Instagram is almost kind of just like I think it's it's I, I look at it more of as a lifestyle platform. You yeah. know, people kind of share their experiences and. Um, you know, share things that are happening to them. So I, you know, like I said, it really depends on what you're looking to to do. What are your thoughts on like the new Instagram algorithm that's going to be coming out? You know, I, it's so funny. I was talking about this with some of my other friends, um, you know, who are in Instagram and they have a pretty high following Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I think with change, everyone gets a little bit miffed about it. Um, and, for me, it doesn't affect me that much, I guess, because maybe I'm not following as many people. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't see my feed change a lot. But I think a lot of people are, are a little bit upset about it because obviously, you know, they don't want their viewers or their um, their followers to miss out on any content that we post just because it's not as engaged, it's, it's not as engaged as past posts or anything like that. So um, I'm curious because I'm hearing little rumblings that Instagram may change things back. I, I'm not sure if that's the case, mm-hmm. but I think it's one of those things that people will ultimately just learn to get used to. It's kind of like what Snapchat is doing right now too. It's like they updated their, um, their software where you don't, you click through stories, but then it like transitions into like the next person in your queue. And mm-hmm. some people are annoyed about that. Cause they're like, maybe I didn't want to watch that video. And yeah, I mean, it's so funny. These are first world problems. It's just, <laughs> well, but I mean, it goes to, to the whole thing of like being, f- being made to feel like you are, have lost some sense of control Like yeah. with, with Facebook. I, I mean, I'm still not a fan and, and I, I don't go on it as much because I just don't like the fact that they're, they are managing what you see. They control what you see. Yes, you choose your friends and all that, but you're not mm-hmm. seeing things as they come up. And I think what people liked about Instagram was kind of the, you could say the innocence of, the, of it being instant, of it being coming up and that's your feed. Like there's no exactly. manipulation of it. And now somebody, you know, is controlling it. And I think people, that loss of control, it's just like, it's frustrating to people. So. I- I think yeah I think it is it is unfair and mm-hmm. I think it's it is frustrating and you know and you had a great point that's I think that's kind of what brought down the downfall that's what made Facebook not as popular anymore yeah, was because so. you know you you went on your feet and it was just cluttered with things and you just didn't know and you know things were showing up out of order you're seeing posts from three days ago but yeah. it's because someone liked it recently yeah. and you're just you're like, I didn't, I, I, no, this is too much. Yes, um, exactly. And Instagram was very clean mm-hmm. and it, it, no frills. Everything was just in chronological order, which c- makes sense, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, unfortunately that just, it just seems like that's what happens when, um, these platforms evolve. Um, well, they have to learn how to make money big- some way. Exactly. And, and they get bigger. And mm-hmm. now I'm, now going back to my point earlier is like all right well what is the next thing going to do like what's the next platform that's going to come along and you know it's going to make instagram and facebook and i hate to say it's kind of a graveyard Mm -hmm. yeah so i know so okay um let's see some of the other things we want to chat about so we talked about kind of you working with youtubers and influencers and all that is Mm -hmm. there 
Um, do you work with, I know you mentioned a little bit, but do you guys like seriously actually work with the smaller ones? Like, and what is small in your world? Smaller ones. So I would say probably like a few thousand and it really varies. Um, you know, I, we try to keep the number like, a you know, people with like above 20,000 mm-hmm. followers, mm-hmm. but there are people within our list who do have less than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I think a lot of the times it's just, it's going back to the point of being like, I, we just genuinely like your content and mm-hmm. we like what you produce. It's aligned with our brand and our identity. And, you know, uh, there's something to be said about that. So, um, but, but there's definitely, yeah, there's definitely some smaller people um, because a lot of the smaller people are continuously supportive of us. And when they're constantly posting about us and talking about us, um, you you can't really ignore that either. Um, that still carries some weight and maybe they don't have as large of an audience, but it's still, you know, they probably have a very loyal group of followers, Mm -hmm. um, who do listen to what they say and, you know, who will go out and buy things, um, based off of the uh, products that they feature. So, you know, you can't Mm -hmm. really discredit that either. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, when you are watching, say, well, here, actually, let me go back. So mm-hmm. is there any kind of expectations for the influencers that you send a PR package to? Like, obviously, you're not going to say, okay, this is what we want you to do with it. But is there just kind of like an unspoken expectation of like, you want them to mention a video? And if so, is it exclusively this brand? Or you, what kind of expectation is there for these uh, influencers? Really? I mean, it because we've kind of honed in on the group of people that we know will talk about us. Mm-hmm. Um, we really make sure that we're targeting those people. We don't tell them, Hey, like you got to post about this or, yeah. you know, because at the end of the day, we want people to only talk about us if they truly love the product or, you know, whatever they're, we're sending them. Um, I don't want it to ever feel ingenuine. Um, so, you know, we never say anything like along those lines, but, and most of the time, you know, these people are just extremely supportive of us anyways. Mm-hmm. So they will, they'll, we, they will end up posting about it, um, which is great. Um, you know, and you know, there are going to be people who don't necessarily post about it, um, which is fine too. Um, because they'll, you know, I'm sure they'll post an, about another product in the future or down the line. Yeah. Okay. So is there anything that? can really make like an influencer stand out to you? Um, you know, I think for me personally is, you know, just if they, if they try and make a relationship with not just me, but with the brand mm-hmm. who is genuinely, genuinely curious about the brand and the products and why it exists today and what's the history behind it and all of that. I think, mm-hmm having those types of conversation really makes me feel like there's an authentic relationship, um, between the, you know, the influencer and the brand. And I think that's incredibly important, um, because it just means that they love us and they're supportive of us and, you know, whatever they're going to say, it comes from the heart. And I think that's really important because someone can talk about our product and they can feature in the video and they can just say whatever. But I think, um, the ones who really talk about how much they love the performance of something or mm. the way the color payoff is or whatever. And when they express that and you can see it in their eyes and in their voice, it's, it's, um, that makes me happy. And that makes me feel like, okay, we're like, we're doing our job and we're, you know, we're making them happy and we're making them feel good. And mm-hmm. I think 
Um, and a lot of the times, you know, I have, I have people when I send them a new product and they send me an email and there's, you know, they're squealing and they're going nuts and they're talking about how much they love the product and what they did on their looks and all of that. Like those, I, I appreciate that because yeah. I think it's, it's very important to, um, to remember that there's someone on the other side who's sending you these products and who's wanting you to, who's advocating for your support. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it's nice. It's always nice to get a little thank you email, just hearing that, you know, they're so excited. And, um, and even just saying that, Hey, I got the product and I can't wait to try it. Like, yeah, I love hearing that too. Yeah. Communication, communication is key and it's all about communication is key. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And relationships is incredibly important, mm-hmm. especially in this digital age where, um, you know, it's, we're all communicating through text and through emails and through, uh, you know, various apps, you know, there's not really, any sort of direct lines of communication as you know that's happening as frequently so even an email or you know and I've had people even pick up the phone and call me which is amazing um that does not happen that much anymore um but I've had people call me directly which is even better um you know I love it's because now I'm, I'm able to kind of that makes me remember them much more when I'm thinking about things down the road and I always I always keep them on top of mind because They've sought out to me to, you know, to reach out to me um, and just, you know, let me know that they're enjoying the product and, you know, you know, all that. And I think even if they don't feature the product, I I mean, that's still care. Like, I still remember that. And I think that's that's great. Okay, so, Mindy, I want to talk a little bit about live streaming, like Mm -hmm. something like a Periscope or a Mercat or something like Mm -hmm. that. How involved are you in those types of social media platforms? Um, so for us, um, a lot of the times our, um, you know, marketing team kind of works, they kind of do that and they'll do, um, you know, 30 minute tutorials on, you know, on different trends and looks on, on what to do. Um, and I think Paris, things like Periscope has a lot of potential. I, it's still, it's still under the radar. Um, and I think people are still trying to figure out what's the best way to use it. Um, but I've seen people, um, you know, at least on the editor side, um, who started using it at different press events, which is really interesting, um, because it kind of gives like an insider look at to, you know, what's happening with a brand and what they're promoting. Um, a lot of these times these events are only open to press. So, um, they find that it's actually really a really cool way to engage with their followings. Um, you know, whether it's a magazine or a blog or whatever it is. Um, you know, I, I worked a press event last year and, um, an editor, uh, at Marie Claire actually was periscoping, um, from our event and I was watching oh, her cool. and I was watching her and, you know, she was doing it from the Marie Claire periscope and, she was having, she had people from all over the world who was watching this live, this live stream, which was really, really cool. Um, she was, you know, seeing the likes pop up on, or like the little hearts pop up on the side. Um, people were asking questions to her and she was answering them on, um, on the live stream. Um, so I think that real time aspect can, you know, it's pretty powerful and a really nice way to engage with people. Um, I mean, there was a girl from Afghanistan who was asking her questions about the nail polish color that she was wearing. And she was like, what? This is nuts. Like, how is this happening? Um, so it's another very interesting way to reach to your audience. Um, and there's a lot of potential there. I think, you know, there's always something for everyone. So, 
you know, there might be some people who like to have a little bit more control, um, and not necessarily do something that's completely live. Um, I think that scares some people, but you know, but at the same time, I don't think that should be a deterrent at all. Like, I think that's even like, if you're, if your brand and your, um, you know, you're, if you're an influencer and your brand is all about being genuine and raw and open, Periscope could actually be a really powerful platform for you and for your viewers. Um, so, because I think that just kind of opens up a whole other Pandora's box of how your followers can really get a true glimpse into your everyday life and what you're doing and what you're doing right in the moment. I think that instantaneous effect can be very appealing to an audience. Um, yeah, and like what you said too, like there's like different events and different things that are just kind of not always open to the public, but you can scope and you can share that private event with a lot of people and just gives a really cool insight into different things. It's yeah, really yeah, unique. exactly. And I think there's a lot of people who always, you know, they want to experience it, but it's it's so crazy. The power of, you know, a smartphone these days, what you can do and the people that you can reach. So you know, I think, I think it's a really awesome tool and doing it in real time and doing it on the fly, I think is really exciting. And I think i personally, for me, I think there's a lot less pressure. Um, you know, it's not, it's not staged, it's not edited. It's very just on the go. It's, yeah. it's you know, there's a flow to it. There's a nice flow to it. And I think, um, I really think in a few months, um, you know, Periscope could have the potential to really be something big. I think it's just I think it's just a matter of getting more and more people on the boat. And I, and I am seeing a lot of people starting to use it a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm having fun with it. I'm actually loving it. I, I find that there's so much more engagement on Periscope. Like YouTube is fun, but there, there's only so much you can do when you can ask questions and yeah. all that. And I mean, I've been doing like a get ready with me every day. And then we have this just like group of people we call them actually, it's called the mascara mob. Cause I, I love have, that. Yeah, I have like a kind of a, a unique different way of doing mascara. So that's what they mm-hmm. called it. But it's like this group of like people that every day, it's like when we have it, you know, kind of little get together on Periscope up and there's just, oh no oh <laughs> yeah I love in the background um <laughs> and you just there's just so much engagement and I've had people even say even like it's a much smaller group that I have on Periscope than mm-hmm. than obviously than that listen to the podcast and all that mm-hmm. um but they've said like oh my god I'm going online right now I'm buying that mascara using right now or I'm buying this right now like there's just I think more action taken too um from all just from Periscope it's just like I've had people say like oh I'm buying this oh I bought this because of you and this and that and I mean I get that every now and then on YouTube and but, yeah. but not really not to the extent that I've seen on Periscope which is really really powerful because you kind of have these like almost like relationships with people because you're talking to people even though you don't know them in real life but you kind of have gotten to know them better I don't know it's, it's really interesting I think and how cool is that to like hear mm-hmm. that directly from the people being like I'm I bought this because you talked about it and it's yeah. great and and hearing that and you're just like whoa okay like wow people really are interested in what I have to say and I think that's what I think that's what a lot of people love I think it's giving people this confidence to really share their like their opinions and their thoughts and um and I think that's one of the great things about social um you know there's it's I like to I like to think that it gives a lot of people just confidence in general and um I I think it's great that people are able to kind of form their own opinions and their own thoughts and and they don't feel they don't feel like they have to pull back when it comes to sharing it and I think that's so great. 
Yeah, and as a content creator, like for me, it's like it's easier. Like it's like okay, yeah. there's less editing. It's like you just pop on. You're like, hey, here I am, and um, I I love it. And I think it's I think it's a lot of fun, and I've been like, oh, okay. And I think you you kind of bring up a good point. A lot of people don't necessarily know what to do with it yet. I think, mm-hmm. and there and it's like okay, but there's just in my opinion, there's just so much potential, mm-hmm. like with live streaming. But I think it's still very much in its infancy, and there's not for sure. There's like okay, what are we gonna do with this? And and I've seen brands going i mean i follow a lot of makeup brands and i've seen brands doing a lot of different interesting things um on periscope and i think a lot of brands are just kind of trying to figure it out yeah for sure and i think you know i think if people are you know wanting to dabble in periscope it doesn't hurt to just test it out for a little bit and see how it is um it's i think it's it's one of those things where I think it just takes some getting used to if you're nervous about it some other people just come like you know i know there's a lot of people who just kind of just full-on embraced it what do you think is also a great approach? Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just have to pick one platform and go with it. Go with it. Yeah, for sure. But then sometimes if you're just doing, say, just Instagram or something like that, then, some, mm-hmm. you know, some a wrench can be thrown in like this whole kind of different timeline thing. So Exactly. Exactly. So it'll be interesting to see how that whole thing pans out. Um, um, yep. Well, I think that's that's about it. Um if, unless there's anything else that you want to add that maybe, you know, any pieces of advice for aspiring YouTubers or Instagrammers or anything like that. But I think we've we've chatted for quite a while and you've we been did. awesome with all your info. Of course. I mean, I think the last thing I just want, like, for, you know, any uh, aspiring content creator um, is that if you really are dedicated to making your your brand, I'm going to call it your brand, grow – you have to stick with it. Um, and I think you don't feel discouraged in the beginning because these things take time. Um, it takes time to build a following and it takes time to, um, you know, to create the content. Like that's also another thing that a lot of people struggle with is finding the time and resources and, you know, to dedicate to really developing a good video. But, you know, I think if you're really passionate enough and you really want to make it work, just stick with it. And, you know, uh, patience is a virtue. It is. Um, and yeah, for good, sure. In this industry, but, for sure, for sure. But good things come to those who wait. So, you know, just you stick with it, always believe in yourself. Um, and know that like the longer you do it, there's going to be people who also believe in you too. So, you know, it's, and that's great too. Um, and just even just knowing that there's a small subset of people that are following you and, but they really do believe in you. I think that's still, that's still an accomplishment. And that still means that you're gaining some sort of success. So, um, and I, I think a lot of people are just looking, you know, they, they, of course you want to have a large subscriber base and you want to have a lot of people who are looking at you, but at the end of the day, you have to remember, um, it's all about what you put out in yourself and how you, the representation that you you know, convey to your audience. Um, and if you really just stay true to yourself, you will be successful. Yeah, I believe that. I mean, I think you have to really stick to it. And I mean, I think it's definitely not an easy thing to get into. I mean, I think it's it's kind of super saturated and there's so many people, but yeah. there's, there's people every single day that you said that are you know, emerging and they kind of, they're, they're good at what they do and, and they will get noticed. Totally. And I mean, if there's, you know, I think for some people, if, I identify something that you think is missing in the market. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're saying that, you know, the market is, you know, kind of saturated, but 
there's got to be something out there where someone hasn't done something. So, you know, kind of, I mean, it may not come to you right away, but think of something that someone hasn't done yet. And then Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, think about developing it and putting it into a video or putting it into a post because you never know that post might be your ticket to something that goes viral. You just never know. Yeah, Um, exactly. I'm not saying that's going to happen to everyone, but I think that's kind of a strategic way to look at it is being like, what is missing? What is, there's something that everyone is doing, but what is it something that no one is doing? Yeah. I mean, I can even use like myself as an example. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't have like a huge YouTube following or anything. I mean, I have Mm -hmm. my podcast, but I have a lot of brands that I work with and a lot of brands that just, they're just big fans of the show. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we know you, you know your show and this and that, and we'll work with you or whatever, you know? And, and I found this, this, I had this idea. I'm like, oh, nobody else is doing it. I want to do it. And I don't have this huge following, but I have been noticed by different brands and things like that just Mm -hmm. because of kind of the, the uniqueness of it. Yeah. And voila. And look where you are now. (laughs) It's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, I think that was a really good point that you made that, you know, find something different, do something a little bit different, do something unique, like find something that's missing and just kind of go with it. Um, I think, you know, even like I'm thinking about like YouTubers on the top of my head, I think of somebody like, I always forget her name, Mikey with Glam and Gore. Oh yeah. She's amazing. She's insane. She's insanely talented, but she has like a really unique spin on it. Like she has this kind of like, kind of gory, you know, horror film kind mm-hmm. of thing going on but at, she's still also like beautiful and glamorous I mean she really honed in on like what her like like you said what her brand is mm-hmm. and um, it's really different and there's nobody else doing it for sure for sure yeah. she's definitely she's definitely taken her talents and showcased it, showcased it in a very um, a very different but extremely engaging way um, and, you know, trust me, she's one of the ones that, like, many people have noticed. And, um, you know, her content's great and what she produces is great. So, um, yeah, I, it's really in a land full of, you know, of people doing a lot of the same things. It's really it, it's, you know, it says something about someone who kind of, you know, takes breaks a leap ahead of the cack and yeah. breaks the mold. Yeah. For sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, because you can only be so many favorites videos or first impression videos. But like when you do something a little bit different, exactly. I think that's what gets you noticed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, if honestly, everyone has done the, the highlight and contour videos. Yes. Yeah, like exactly. everyone's done the clown contouring. Like it's, exactly. It's all it's all been out there. So but whoever it was who did like the first couple clown contouring, they're the ones that probably, you know, got a big jump from whatever. Exactly. Whoever came up with that idea, you know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So be the next you know be the next ideation yeah, um you sure. never know you could be the one who's um you know creating the trends yeah i think so all right well thank you so much for of- coming on the show and sharing your knowledge and of course i think my my listeners will get a lot out of this interview yeah i'm sure i'm you know i'm excited to hear what they think and you know i hope that you know, some of the advice that I've given them will help them in shaping, you know, if you're an aspiring um, content creator, I hope some of the advice that I've given you will help kind of shape um, what's to come for you in the future. Well, thank you so much, Mindy. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it. That's our interview. And thank you so much for joining us here. Once again, I am your host, Erica Piera. And for all show notes and videos and more goodies, make sure you go to the Beauty and the Vlog website at beautyandtheblog.com. 
And check out our Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Beauty and the Vlog. Thanks so much, guys. Mwah.